0: Going to take a shot, has him in. Nixon, touchdown, Knights!
1: Off and running, this is The Hurry Up Countdown here on the Cover 3 podcast. We are counting down the top 25 teams in our preseason 2020 rankings at CBSSports.com. One team at a time in these Hurry Up Hot Seat sessions. We begin number 25, UCF. And on the hot seat, we are going to call Mr. Tom Fernelli. So, Tom, as we get started with opening arguments, uh, what is your the one piece that you're really hanging on to? Because UCF, you you feel like you want to pencil them in. Um, you feel like you want to put them back into the American Athletic Conference championship game. You know what? May, what makes you like the Knights going into 2020?
0: I think if if we look at this team from a, a talent perspective, it's still got to be one of those teams you consider to be the favorites in the American. But I I think that entering 2020, that's it's a really interesting team to look at because of what, if we think of what UCF has been the last few years, where they have been, you know, in a sport that does not have a whole lot of Cinderella's, they started off as a Cinderella, but they kind of, you know, they wouldn't leave the dance. You know what I'm saying? They, they've stuck their foot in the door, they've they stuck around. But last year, this is a team that won 10 games and it kind of felt like a disappointing season yeah. because. They didn't even win their own division. They, they fell behind Cincinnati. They lost to Cincinnati, which was like their first loss in about two and a half seasons at the time. And that loss ended up costing them a division title, which ended up keeping them out of the conference title game. And now entering 2020, like you have to wonder. like Scott Frost built this program up to what it was before leaving for Nebraska. And with Josh Heupel taking over, the question was always going to be, okay, can he maintain what Frost had started? But... I don't know about you guys looking at the rest of the AAC. I look at UCF and I see a team that should be competing for the conference title. But whereas the last few years, you were very confident going in that this was going to be the team to beat. I'm not 100% convinced that this is going to be the best team or the second best team in the AAC again. Wow. A lot of doubt in that opening S- statement there. Selling, ah, selling
1: your <laughs> client out. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: Okay, all right, well... um, Well, hey, just because they finished at number 25 in our preseason poll doesn't mean that's where I voted them. Ah, now I see. So, all right, well then, let's, let's take the other side of it then, Tom. Where are your concerns with this team? I think that, you know, defensively, this was a... It's not a great team, and I think that last year they had serious problems on defense, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to address that. Oh, I don't want to say serious problems. I just think that they dropped off defensively. Like, while we'd we'd all been focused during the Scott Frost, the great years about how super fun and amazing the offense was, the defense on those teams was kind of overlooked because it performed well. And I think that last year we kind of saw a drop-off. And I'm not sure what's in the pipeline that's going to convince me that that defense is not going to continue to maybe continue dropping off because I'm still pretty... I'm I'm still fairly confident that the offensively this is a team that's going to score points. They they lose a couple key players, you know, like Gabriel Davis. He, he was the only early departure from last year's offense. Fourth-round pick of the Buffalo Bills. Probably would have been an earlier pick in a season without such a really deep wide receiver class. They lose Adrian Killens at running back, who was the funnest player to watch on that offense just because of the way they used him and his speed. He was a guy that, you know, anytime he touched the ball could score. But those are guys they can replace. I look on defense— They lose Nate Evans, their linebacker, who is their leading tackler. He finished with 112 tackles last year. That was 34 more than anybody else on the team had. Period. 13 tackles for loss, seven quarterback hurries, four passes defended. He was the heart of that defense. He's gone. Brandon Hayes was the most disruptive player on the defensive line. He had he led the team with seven and a half sacks, ten quarterback hurries. He's gone. Neville Clark was the leader of their secondary. He only had two interceptions, but he had 11 passes defended throughout the season. And he took, you know, he had a pick six. So this was a guy who was probably the best player in that secondary. He's gone. So you look on defense, they lose their best player on the defensive line. They lose their best player in the linebacker core and probably the best player overall. And they lose the guy that was probably the best player in their secondary. That's really hard to replace in one off season when you're UCF. So we need to see guys step up in those roles and take over for them. So that's why when I look at this team, I say, man, it's probably going to be somewhat of a drop off on defense. And you look at me, you know, you look around at Cincinnati, the team that the Knights lost to in that division. Cincinnati didn't strike me last year as a one hit wonder. Mm. It struck me as a team that's probably going to be back this year and is probably going to be, you know, a real contender, a threat in that East. And I'm not sure what happened over the off season for me to think that UCF is past Cincinnati back up and that it's going to be better than Cincinnati. So these are some of the reasons that I have, you know, I'm a little, I wouldn't want to say pessimistic as much as I'm skeptical.
1: Right now. Are you, would you pick that game is going to be in Orlando, but would you pick Cincinnati to go to Orlando to the big cable box, the bounce house spectrum stadium and, uh, and pull out a win?
0: I think right now, because it's in UC- in Orlando, I have to give UCF the slight edge. But it's also important to point out, you know, that game's coming a week after a game against Temple, and I still expect Temple's going to be a tough team. And it's a week before, you know, the Warren I-4 on the road against South Florida. So I don't think I don't think we're going to find ourselves in a spot where UCF is going to be looking past Cincinnati, since there's probably a very good chance that game will decide the division. It's just, this is a team that by the end of the year... They could be a little beaten up because they, they do have a difficult schedule overall. They're opening the year with a North Carolina team that, you know, a lot of people are high on entering 2020. They think that's a team that could win the Coastal. Uh, they've got a road game against the Georgia Tech team, which was not good last year, but it's still a Power 5 team that I expect to be improved, and it's still a difficult road game. But in the conference, they've got to play Memphis on the road. They've got to play Houston on the road. Those aren't going to be too easy games, and if you look around the East, while well, UConn, you know, that's— Never anything to have to worry about. I do expect East Carolina is going to be better. I do think. so.
1: Don't talk about the civil conflicts like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, we don't know if UConn is going to exist by the time that game plays as a football program.
1: That's very, we, we, very fair.
0: So you look around the rest of the division. You see these other teams are kind of improving, not like taking huge steps forward, but. They're kind of catching up. They're gaining ground. So it's not the kind of situation where you look at UCF and say, oh, they're going to house them. They're going to house them. They're going to house them. There's really nobody on that schedule outside of maybe the Florida AM game or, game you or know, maybe FIU early in the season where you say, okay, the Knights are going to house these guys. It looks like they're going to have a week in, week out, tough kind of schedule in which they're going to be fighting a lot more than they're accustomed to. And I think that talent-wise, they're going to end up winning because they're going to be more talented than a lot of the teams that they're playing. It's just, it's it's hard to think that you know, twelve and 0, 11 and one, back to a New Year's Six bowl. Those seem to be kind of out of reach for me this year.
1: Barton, I can't believe uh, our our hot seat author is not just head over heels about the the sophomore step forward for the next Hawaiian sensation, Dylan Gabriel.
0: He's a. He must have been a public defender assigned to this case. <laughs> just, just, just trying to, just trying to cash a paycheck today. <laughs> Listen, I like dealing Gabriel a lot. I do. I think that, but I also think you know, I'm not 100 percent convinced that the job is his. Like Daryl Mac could take the job sure. from him. We saw we saw Mac play. You know when Gabriel was out last year. But I think that as I wrote in my piece, I. Gabriel threw 7 interceptions last year. It is not a coincidence that all 7 of those interceptions came in the games that they lost. I do think that he takes a lot of shots at times that you would expect a freshman to take. You know, because they're 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 always looking for the big play. They haven't learned to rein things in. And we saw that a lot with Gabriel last year, but I think that his accuracy down the field is something that concerns me. I just think that in big games when he's facing better competition he did not perform as well. Now, yeah, he might take that step forward. In fact, he should take a step forward. Just naturally, you would think going into his sophomore season, he's going to be a better player. But just based on what I saw from him in UCF's bigger games compared to the teams that they should have just been beating up on, I, I, I'm not completely sold on him, no.
1: Tom, you have been dismissed from the hurry up countdown hot seat uh, UCF receives the maximum penalty <laughs> that was on the table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Before we go, though, I want to be clear. This is still a team that's going to win like nine games. I'm not saying it's going to fall off the face of the earth. It's just will a nine and three UCF finish the season in the top 25?
1: No, definitely not. You got to win. You got to be be a 10. You got to be in the American Athletic Conference championship game. Uh, you got to be playing on championship Sunday as a group of five team in order to have a chance to be in the final top 25, I think. Mm-hmm. He is Tom Fernelli. You can read his story on UCF at CBSports.com. They are number 25. Number 24 will be Boise State. They will be coming up next with Ben Kerchival. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson podcast. Do me a favor and blink, please. Did you blink? That's how fast the Major League Baseball season went in 2020. The postseason is already upon us. Whether it's baseball news, UN NFL, college football, water polo, chess, movies, if there's a story, we'll have it covered every weekday, five days a week. Just subscribe and download on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever else you find your podcasts. No BS, no soft tosses, no hot takes. You know, it's always business. It's nothing personal.